0: You could say Bob Wiley is known for two things. Set Hut! And his belly. The West Warwick native became an overnight sensation when, as the offensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns, he was featured on the show Hard Knocks. As the cameras rolled, viewers saw Wiley starting plays barking out, Set Hut! That sound and the look of his midsection jumping up with every Set Hut went viral. And he was the subject of many a meme after the show aired. The NFL Network... Followed up with a story on Wiley and his modest beginnings wearing the orange and black right here in West Warwick. And we're going to learn more about him right here! This is the Words with Wizards podcast, your look at the world through the lens of West Warwick High School. It's where we talk to interesting people, visit cool places, and sometimes hit on a big story. And at the end of it all, you'll learn a little more about what's going on in the land of the orange and black. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there, and welcome to the show. This is episode 10. Today is Monday, October 26th, 2020. I'm your host, Eric White, a media broadcasting teacher here at the high school, and we've got a great show for you today. Now, normally at this time, we'd be in the midst of a high school football season. But we all know why that's not happening. And as October turns into November, we're about to have our first Thanksgiving without high school football since the Mayflower arrived. But that doesn't mean you can't get your local football fix right here, right now. I had a chance to chat with Bob Wiley, 1969 graduate of West Warwick High School, who has coached football at just about every level there is. He once worked for the town of West Warwick, running the sports complex next to the high school. Now he coaches offensive linemen, as they clear lanes for players to run through. It's a football journey that's taken him around the country to the sidelines of college and professional teams alike. And if you've seen him on Hard Knocks, or the NFL Network, or if you know him personally, you know that Bob Wiley is never at a loss for words. After that aired, were you surprised at the uh, fame and notoriety that you got?
1: I wasn't really that surprised because that was the way, if you know, when I was coaching in high school in West Walk, you know what I mean? It, it was the same personality. It's the way I present stuff to people and make them remember it. It's the way my little brain works. So I, everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel. Everybody's trying to get their own little niche. And that's something that says, Hey, this is mine. You know, this is, this is what I did, you know. And I think I sit there and I think and I, and I watch them and I say, they're, sh- they're stretching. Okay. They're stretching. Now let me go back a few years. We're going back to Normandy. They're going to put the gate down in the front of that landing craft and there's going to be bullets flying all over the place. And I don't think those guys were worried about stretching. They did push ups, jumping jacks, sit ups. They climbed the rope and they ran. And I said, "We do all this fancy stuff. To go play football, and you never really... Those guys didn't do any of that. And they won two world wars."
0: <laughs> well, after you got hurt, the team and the players really picked you up, and uh, you know, gave you the game ball and put your name up on the and picture up on the scoreboard. So tell us maybe about how that felt. That, that was, that was really touching that still brings tears to my
1: eye. I just look at my ankle and I broke the right leg, tore up all the, tendons, tore all the tendons off my left knee. So after eight weeks go by, they come back and, it, you know, now the guy comes in with the rubber bands to stretch, right? <laughs> I, said, mm-hmm. I said, what else for? He goes, ah, uh, we got to stretch every day. And I said, well, obviously you haven't seen a mm-hmm. yet. Another 122 days. In rehab at the hospital. Another sixty-eight
0: days as an outpatient rehab. You feel good? Yeah, yeah, I feel good. I lost sixty pounds, 56
1: pounds. No, I think it is great. It's like taking a bucket out of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you take the bucket out, and throw it on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Look around, look at the Atlantic Ocean again. <laughs>
0: the Browns right now, four and one. You pulling for them?
1: I, I go for. I'm happy for. Okay, I go for the. The guys that I've coached that are still there, the guys that are up front, that I've got. Because I've got a good relationship with that I I believe that the chemistry that I create or that you create in the classroom is more important than the X's and O's I can put up on the board. Because players don't care how much you no. Know. Players care how much you care about them. Okay, so I established that relationship with my players right from the beginning. You know, but that relationship carries on from team to team, and the guys—some guys are retired, some guys still playing for other teams—they call me up. You know, see how I'm doing. It's amazing. You know, emails and texts I get from the guys. Mm-hmm. But it's because of that relationship. I, because I care about my people first, and then I care about my football boy the football boys second. And I, you know, if their birthdays—I get their birth dates. If we're in season and they're in the building, like, okay, there's going to be a cake in my meeting room for them with their number on it. And we're all going to eat it. Okay. And it's not set up classroom style. My meeting room set up conference style so they can all see each other. Yeah. I'm not a classroom shouldn't be set up like that. It's done the way they are. Okay. Cause you want to watch them looking at each other because if a kid in the back of the room makes a mistake and I'm poor, you know, I got these fancy pens and stuff that you draw and, and they show up on the screen and those kids in the front of the room are going to turn around and look at that guy. But if you're on a conference setting, they can see, Joe. You bet your butt, staring at that guy. They're looking at it. different pressure that you put on him. So that I, I create that chemistry in the meeting room with the players. So it, it, it's that stuff, and you create the chemistry, and, and then people want to come into the room. It's not just us. The room is decorated. Halloween. It's all decorated. Okay. Uh, the rookies do it. You make the rookies do it. Okay, and then. Uh, Thanksgiving, it's all decorated. Christmas, it's all decorated. We have a, a Christmas gift exchange, okay? And, uh, and it's called, it, we call it Dirty Santa, but it's yeah. like a Christmas.
0: Yankee swap, yeah. Kind of thing, yeah.
1: You swap it, and then if you don't like it, you take the other guys. But I'm the last guy, because I got the most seniority, so I get my the <laughs> deal. They took all that stuff, everything, the decorations, the tree, and they brought it to the hospital. Okay, and he had it in the hospital for me, so I could be there. I mean, that that in itself, I was tears were cover up my eyes, but he wanted. It. So after the game, they brought me the game ball, you know, and it, it was great. He said during the game, right? They on the on the gigantic scoreboard, it's enormous. Okay, and they put my picture up there, and it says oh, God, "Get well soon, Coach Wiley." And the people in the stands
0: stood up and they started to clap. Okay, any thousand people in the stadium, that was really touching. Where did you get the idea to do what you're telling me you did? Uh, yesterday we talked about. Doesn't matter if you're a pro making millions of dollars or if you're in Pop Warner, the the same thing works for everybody. Show that you care about them. How did how did you get to the point where you're doing that?
1: Well, I was very fortunate to be around some great football coaches growing up. Okay. You know, coming up to the ranks, because I came up through Pop Water Junior High School, High School College, and then Pro Football. In Pro Football, I was very fortunate to be with the Bengals, and uh, Paul Brown was still alive. He owned the team, so he loved the coach. He won nine or 11 World Championships when he was at the Cleveland Browns. He invented a lot of, you know, playbooks, face mask, filming. That's all Coach Brown stuff. He invented all that stuff. Okay, so uh, he, he was still alive. He come to the meetings and sit in the meetings. And, and, and when I first got there, I was helping the, the line coach guy's his name was Jim McNally. So I go home, Jimmy. You know, I'm trying to learn how to be a good football coach. And I was very fortunate. I grew up in a, in a small village, okay, in a small little town, okay, right, and happened to be at the right point at the right time. My passion for the game. Carried me into the career.
0: Wiley credits former Cincinnati Bengals head coach Sam Weish for contributing to his coaching style.
1: You know, Sam would come around to uh, at the end of the day and make sure, Are you guys all right? Can I do anything for you guys? Anything you guys need? Quality control guys, and those type of guys that make a lot of money, Sam would give his credit card, and say go, well, give me the card back tomorrow. You know, I mean, he really, the wives would all get Christmas gifts. That's how I got into that mindset to that creation of what he did with us, right? And he got that from Coach Brown. You know, he asked me before how that happened. How did I come up with this? That's how it was the way I was treated. You know, I got my chance. I'm going to do what Sam doesn't because do, they really like working for Sam. Yeah. Okay. And I really think that people would like, if I can leave people with something, People in life, you young guys and even the old people, they don't think big enough because they're afraid to fail. If I can give you that message, people in life don't think big enough. They really don't because they're afraid of the failure. Okay? You're not going to be defined in life if you fail. You're defined in life on how far you've risen.
0: Wiley's father, Bob Wiley Sr., affectionately called Skip, is the one who gave him the green light to go coach.
1: I, said, I want to go coach for Baldwin. in college. And I got a wife, I got a new daughter, you know what I mean? I got a, I got a house, a car, and all these things. Right. And he looked at me, what's your problem? I said, I just told you. He says, Go coach. You want to go coach? Go coach. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Don't worry about it. All right? I said, Oh my God. And I and I did. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the unknown. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Were you taking a pay cut? I was taking a a, a, a big pay cut. But in, in the long run, I'm making a certain salary working at the Civic Center, okay? Yeah. And, and people thought it was really too much at the time. And so everybody, it was $155 a week. And that's what my take-home okay? Oh. And I paid $50 a for, week for rent or more, whatever I was paying. Okay? When I signed my first pro contract, you could take that number, right? It, 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 it had a lot of zeros at it, mm-hmm. had five zero at a six figure income. So it was so much more over the amount that I was making working for the civics. And it was amazing. I, I sat down and said, this is crazy. I spent all this time working for the town that gave me a job fine. It was great. Because when I first started this, you know, my goal wasn't to coach in the National Football League. I would just help out water guys. And I would just help out the, high school, the junior high school guys, and the same thing with the high school kids. And I didn't have any aspirations of going to coach pro football in the National Football League. And then as I went through the process, and then I found out how uh, my style of culture and how how people uh, to take into to my teaching, okay, and the success I had, I always get asked to go coach someplace else. And then the next thing I know, I got asked to go coach in the National Football League. And the money didn't come in the beginning of my career, right? When I uh, got my first paycheck that I got when I started the coach, that he actually gave me a paycheck as a stipend Today, hey, this is what you're going to do, you know, the coach. I made 22 cents an hour for the amount of hours that I put into coaching. In the national football, when you, your biggest salaries come at the, towards the end of your career, so the later part of your career. You know, my last paychecks, you know, and some of the teams at the end had two covers in them. And so it wasn't the money at all. Okay. It, it was the passion that you have to do something. You want to get up in the morning and you want to go to work, whether you win or lose, because the chemistry... That's created in the building with the head coaching assistants and the players. Right? When or lose, you want to get back into that. I remember my first pro game in comet right? Now, I'm a young football coach and I started in the box before I got to the field. Okay? And I woke up and across the field I got the headsets on, I'm talking to the head coach, and across the field's Don Schuler. I said, Oh my God. Okay, that's Don Schuler. All right. And and my I'm working against Don Schuler. Right the win this football game, right? it's like, it just kind of hits you, you know. Until you really get into involvement. In it. it's like, oh my god, not sure. <laughs> it's not true.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Hey, that's Bob Wiley up there. Yeah. <laughs> Say that.
0: Have you ever had the itch to be a head coach in the NFL or the CFL?
1: I I probably got that later on in life for a little bit, but head coaches, there's a chemical balance that takes place in your blood. And what happens your brain turns to crap <laughs> and you forget all the times that you were an assistant coach now I live in my own little world okay I got my own little world my guys me my guys leave me alone okay and you're a head football coach you gotta deal with everything you got, you're got. you like a fire chief you're putting fires out all over the building I didn't have any of that I got my guys you know and then as I got Weight in life and it's a certain look they're looking for to be a head coach And sometimes guys get head coaching jobs all right because of how they look not exactly what they know because you're you're leading it's just not the football thing you're leading the whole organization
0: we'd like to recognize a couple of sponsors for the media broadcasting and journalism pathway at the high school gold star retirement and insurance and alex smith when your family buys insurance through gold star you help build a sustainable resource for Rhode Island educators. The Gold Star Team delivers. Everybody deserves peace of mind. Contact Alex Smith at alex.smith at horisman.com. That's H-O-R-A-C-E-M-A-N-N dot com. And the Arctic Playhouse, located at 117 Washington Street in West Warwick. Links to both businesses at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. Now, back to the show. Wiley has his take on how he thinks the NFL has handled the pandemic.
1: Well, the NFL has spent $74 million on trying to get it right, to try to figure it out. And I think they're doing the best job that they can with it because you can't, the, the virus is forever changing. You know, it keeps mutating itself. Right? And they're doing the best job they can with the information and the medical experience that they have their hands on. Now, those guys get the best guys on the planet to figure it out, uh, what the best protocol is. Yeah. Okay, Yet the virus is still getting it. Now, I don't know why these players test positive, because if they do what they're exactly supposed to do, okay, and not stray the way it's set up, OK, then you should be OK. OK, but when somebody strays and they go someplace where they're not supposed to be. OK, that's where the problem occurs. OK, or maybe they go home and their wife or their girlfriends or the kids are someplace else and then they bring it in to them. OK, and then that kid takes it and brings it to work. OK, so you're going to have that problem. Unless there's some way that that you can quarantine them and make them do exactly what, you know, for the amount of games they need to
0: play. So they have to make some extra sacrifices. Wiley also spoke about when he was an assistant coach with the Bengals under Sam Weish, playing the 49ers in Super Bowl 23. The offense left the field with a 16-13 lead, and then Joe Montana came on. With just over three minutes to go, and 92 yards between him and the end zone. That was one of the most exciting Super Bowls uh, back when the Super Bowl was regularly a blowout, one way or the other, usually the NFC beating up on the AFC.
1: In the course of that game, we lose Tim Crumbride. He breaks his leg.
0: That was early, wasn't it? Well, that, that was pretty yeah. early, first quarter.
1: It's early in the game. Yep. And, right, and he he was a really great defensive lineman, the toes got. I mean, he was a he was a pain to block. Right? So he's even worse in the games, so he's out, right? And so but the defense is holding on, okay, and we're moving the ball. And at the time, the offense we we're one of the top three or five in the league, so we knew we could move the football. We knew, and looking back on it, I think we probably should have ran it more than we did.
0: But there was a dark cloud hanging over that Super Bowl. The night before the game, running back Stanley Wilson was caught with drugs in his room. It was bed deck,
1: okay? And he got caught with drugs in his room. And, you know, as, as coaches, we could have let it slide. You know, they could have covered it up. Our team wasn't built like that. And the coach that caught the kid, we went directly to the head coach, right? And he said, hey, look, we've got a problem here, okay? And Sam said, no, we don't. He ain't playing. He's done. That was it. And that it was the best thing that you could do. We got him for the Super Bowl. Or not. He was done, get the kid treatment. He's done. That's the integrity that Sam had and the love for the game he had.
0: And of course, no football conversation would be complete without touching on our own New England Patriots.
1: What happens with Belichick? Okay, when you work for the the England Patriots, okay, if you're going to go work for the England Patriots, okay, yeah. if you're an offensive coordinator, you're not running your offense. Same thing on defense. You're a defensive coordinator, on special teams. You're not doing it. You're running the England Patriot offense. And you're running the England Patriot defense. And you're running the England Patriots special teams. And he's got all kinds of coaches that he's bringing up, right, the coach, to teach. He's a tremendous teacher. The point I'm trying to make is, as you're doing that scheme, and that scheme has been in place for, what, 16, 18 years, however, yeah. right? That's the way to do it. That's, it's not yours, it's the others. And it works. They're wonderful coaches. The details that they put into coaching, it's amazing.
0: There are some teams that don't seem to be able to get out of their own way. I mentioned it yesterday, Detroit, the Jets. What is it about these teams? Why why are there some teams that just can't get it together?
1: In the NFL, okay, if you have drafted properly and signed the correct free agents by evaluation, you've got guys that can do that, and they get you the better players, and they get you the better draft. Once that's in place, then you're going to get the guys that are the good football coaches, the guys that can teach, the guys that can lead. Right, the head guy, doesn't matter if he can coach. It doesn't matter if he can coach. He's got to be able to lead the team. The team wants to follow that guy. The team believes in that guy. He will go right and and storm the beaches at Normandy with that guy. If you don't have that guy, that one guy that can do that, forget if he can coach. You can have those leadership qualities, that chemistry. Okay, that's what makes teams successful, not right there. Forget the coaching part. If they can't do that, okay, right then it's probably not going to work.
0: When all is said and done, Wiley loves what he does.
1: It's not like having a real job. <laughs> you no, know, it, it really is not like having a real job. You want jobs with your name on the back of your career, You want those type of jobs, okay? Yeah. These are not really real jobs. And I tell the kids, you guys better work your ass off because you're going to be bouncing a ball in a gym. You understand what I'm talking about? Okay. You want these jobs. He's a rookie. His base salary is $610,000. Keep this job. These ain't real jobs. Stay with it as long as you can. Yeah. I yeah. fooled him for 34 years. I've been a football for 40 years. <laughs>
0: 34
1: years of pro football, I fooled him a long time. Yeah.
0: I'm just well, in case I'm I you, you are, you, you got to be pretty good, though. I mean, you got to be obviously well respected and very good, and your philosophy and the way you do things it really it works. Still, after coaching at just about every level, Wiley sees the contribution that he made to his own home team as one of his best accomplishments. In 2013, under coach Shane Laguer, the West Warwick football team found itself in an 0-3 hole. And Lagore, whose father is a friend of Wiley's, asked Coach Wiley for help.
1: He said, Can you help us out? I said, yeah, I said. So they, they come down to my mom's house, they bring a projector, they bring the tapes or the video. So I said that my mother thought this was great. She thought this was the greatest thing, okay? Yeah. And yeah, she's sandwiched for him, putting the bears out for him. Yeah. I mean, I was a high school football coach again, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so. I'm watching the film. I'm taking notes. I'm watching. I watched the first game, the second game. I watched the third game. So they're going, what do we have to change? We have to change defense. We have to change your offense. We have to do this. I said, no, you're not changing anything. So what? I said, you're not changing anything. I said, here's what we're going to do. So I'm going to change the way you practice. Okay, number one. Right? And I put the practice. skill like We have in pull football. You do this first, this, 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 this. this, They win. The next game, so now they're back at my mom's house. They win the next game, back at my mom's house. They win 11 games in a row, right? They win the Super Bowl. I had a lot of fun doing that, helping them do that stuff. Okay, I had fun going to West Warwick High School.
0: Wiley never forgot his time at West Warwick High School, and he sees himself as a teacher on the gridiron.
1: But I always could teach. I always could get them to do what I wanted them to do and like it. And then the coaching is just teaching, except my classroom is a lot different than your classroom. I can do a lot of other things that you guys can't do with them. I can find them. They get in line. You know, I can do that. All right. Yeah. You don't. And, and I, I very simply yell at them. I pick my spots because if you yell at them all the time, they don't know what they're mad at them. So you got to teach them. Don't tell them, teach them. Yeah. Okay. You know, get them to teach it. Get them to like what they're doing. Get them to be part of the teaching process. Don't be the teacher and then the students, okay? Don't do that, okay? So that was my my personality, the way I approached it, okay? And I, it kind of worked out for me the way I do it, you know? It's not okay to be disagreeable, but it's okay to disagree. Because if everybody's sitting in that offensive coaching meeting and everybody's saying yes, you're gonna get fired, right? And where the disagreements come from? And where the ideas come from? You start the conversation. Don't be afraid of the conversation.
0: This man with such big ideas certainly comes from a small place.
1: You know how many people they say where you're from? I say, Rhode Island. And they go, Long Island? Yeah. I say, no, Rhode Island. They say, Where's that? I said it's one of the thirteen original commodities. <laughs> Didn't you go to school? Then you skip that
0: class? Thanks for tuning in. The music for the podcast, including the opening and closing theme, and the music in between segments comes from WeVideo. I also use Twisted Wave to produce the show, which is a product of the media broadcasting and journalism pathway at West Warwick High School. If you're a student listening to this and are interested in learning more about radio, TV, and journalism, then you can contact your guidance counselor. Also, more information is below on the YouTube version of this show. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify. The Pathway and shows like this are not possible without your support. Part of being a sponsor is that you and your business can get exposure on this and other Pathway broadcasts. Funding goes toward the purchase of new equipment, student scholarships, and professional development. You find more information on the sponsorships, which are tax deductible, at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. And on that note, I'd like to thank Gold Star Retirement and Insurance and the Arctic Playhouse for their continued support. That's it for us this week. Stay safe and stay informed.